oh, this guy's an astronaut. I want to be an astronaut. How do I become an astronaut? And then I saw him in another movie and I thought, wait a minute, he was, he was, he was an astronaut and now he's, but how, wait a minute. And then I figured out the idea that as an actor, you could, you could be more than one thing. You didn't have to just be an astronaut, a firefighter, a mm. cop. You could be whatever you wanted. And I was like, well, shit, that's, that, that's perfect. That's what I wanted. listening to Inside Acting, a podcast committed to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Trevor Algott. My co-host, AJ Meyer, will be joining us next week. Coming up in episode 179, part one of my chat with actor and filmmaker Leo Oliva. He's the guy whose voice we just heard. And he's the writer and star of the upcoming dramatic feature film, The Shift, which is co-starring Danny Glover and it's about an impossible night in a hospital emergency room. Leo is also, as it so happens, a nurse by, well, by night. It's an unconventional thrival job to be sure, but it's by design, and in today's episode you'll hear how and why nursing was the bridge from a traditional Cuban upbringing in Miami to Leo's Los Angeles acting career. You'll also hear how a five-minute silent pantomime performance of an almost suicide in a high school drama class open up a whole new world of creative purpose for him, and more. It's the first in an inspiring multi-part series we're excited to be bringing you over the next three weeks, and it kicks off today. This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. If you want to learn your lines, be off book for auditions, explore your character and make stronger choices, and book the office like a pro, there's an app for that, and it's awesome. It's called Rehearsal 2, and you can download it right now for your iOS device at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 179 of Inside Acting. This is Trev. What'd you guys think of that uh, that intro music there, huh? You kind of you kind of dig that? That's a little something something I threw together uh, for the new season of Inside Acting. We're in our fifth year now, and we're kind of calling this season six. We talked about this one or two or maybe a few more episodes ago about making our seasons shorter rather than having them be an entire year. They will now just be three months. And at the end of every season, we'll just kind of recap what the past three months of our kind of careers looked like as as well as for the podcast and things like that, just to kind of, you know, walk the walk of doing regularly scheduled reviews and check-ins and that kind of thing. So anyway, for season six, I wanted to kick us off with some new music. So I threw that little thing together. The image I had in my mind was of James Bond at a rave party. And I think I think I got pretty close with it. I don't know. Uh, I hope you guys dig it. Um, we'll, we'll try it out for a season and see how that music works. And if it sucks, we'll, we'll try something else. I also wrote some music to take us into and out of the interviews on each episode. And as I have more time and 
keep playing with this uh, with this thing, I'll, I'll be able to kind of write more music. And I think the ultimate goal is, and I don't know, maybe this is an ego trip, but the ultimate goal is to have all original music for, for the show. And I thought about asking some friends who have bands and things like that if we could use their music. But uh, I thought, you know, like, I kind of want to deal with, I, w- I want to do this, like, this cool, like, new new age vibe kind of excitement techno electronic but still with soul vibe thing so anyway that's that's that and that's what you'll hear you're welcome to let me know what you think um you can just shoot us an email at the podcast or you can shoot me a tweet i am at trevor algat t-r-e-v-o-r-a-l-g-a-t-t uh we're also playing a bit with the structure of the show some of these efforts will be a little more evident in the coming weeks uh, but as always, when you when you hear new stuff or you're listening to the show and you're thinking, hey, I love that or that sucked, I wish they wouldn't do that. Uh, whatever it is, we, we just you know we say this all the time, but we invite your feedback, we welcome it, we embrace it, we long for it. So if something is working for you or not on the show, we really would love for you to let us know. You can call our voicemail, you can shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet, find us on Facebook. We're everywhere, and we really want to hear from you. So a couple of quick newsy type items before we jump into the interview. First off, we've got uh, another Inside Acting Podcast meetup in Culver City. It's coming up this Friday, the 13th. I know it's not a ton of notice. In fact, many of you are probably hearing this episode after after the fact. But if you're hearing it before, uh, a bunch of us, there's like, at the time of this recording, there's like 20 or 30 people actually RSVP'd via our Facebook invite. But a bunch of us are going to basically crash Native Foods in Culver City. It's on Washington Boulevard. The address and, and more and all the info is on our, our website and our Facebook page. And it's going to be in our newsletter, which you're all subscribed to, right? Right? You're, you're subscribed to our newsletter. Uh, and we're, we're planning to do more of these kind of things. Um, hopefully, like, doing one or so per month. And, you know, we really hope that, that people will kind of come together and, and, and commune and, and be merry and all that fun stuff. Uh, the, the people that listen to this show are really awesome people. Um, AJ and I have had a chance to meet a lot of you guys and, and you're just stellar people. I just, it just seems like we should be getting together more often. So we're going to be doing a lot more of these. They might be at restaurants. They might be getting together to go to movie screenings. They might be potlucks at somebody's houses. You know, they might be bike rides down to Manhattan beach or something. I, I don't know. I mean, I just want to make sure that we get together kind of on the regular, so stay tuned to the show, stay tuned to our newsletter, our Facebook page, our Facebook group, all that fun stuff for future meetups. And secondly, uh, there is uh, another LA Actors Tweet Up coming, uh, coming up on Monday, February 23rd. It's at the Parlor on Melrose, and this one is featuring a really great guest, uh, a guy named Jeremy Gordon. He's a casting director, and he's got a lot, a lot, a lot of brilliant things to share, especially around social media and the actor's online presence and that kind of thing. I recently had the opportunity to take a class with him, and the guy knows his stuff, and he's going to be a podcast uh, guest pretty soon. He's going to be on the show. He and I are just kind of bouncing back emails right now to see when we can do it. But if you want to get in front of him and meet him in person and kind of get a little taste of that brilliance kind of firsthand before he's on the show please go to the uh, the tweet up coming up. Uh, like I said, February 23rd at the parlor on Melrose. You can go to uh, laactresstweetup.com for more information. You can hit up our website. Of course, it'll be in our newsletter. You guys know the drill by now. Uh, but yeah, we really hope to see you guys there. Okay, and that does it for that. So here's part one of my chat with Leo Oliva. Hope you guys dig it. I'll catch you on the other side. 
Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Trev, and I'm really excited to be sitting across from a gentleman named, is it now is it Leo Oliva? Oliva. Oliva. I knew Oliva. I was going to get it wrong. Leo Oliva. Oliva, who is an actor, a filmmaker. He's got an amazing story. We met at the, um, it was like a, a an IAP kind of like community Chipotle trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how, how it worked out. Yeah. We just ended up showing up and talking and... and yeah, oh, having a good conversation. Yeah, it was it was really cool. And you came with a guy named Clark Coffee, Clark who, Coffee, who uh, who's also a listener to the podcast. And he said, "You got to get Leo on the show. Leo, tell him your story." And you told me the story. I was like, "That is amazing." <laughs> and so I'm really excited to have you here for a number of reasons, but mostly because you you strike me as kind of like a no excuses. I'm going to make it happen no matter what it takes kind of kind of person. And I think your story really kind of speaks to that. Yeah. How did this industry suck you in? When did it begin for you? Oh, um, it started before it was even an industry in my head. Uh, I remember being a kid and watching movies and just wondering what it would be like to be all these different things. I mean, as, as a kid, that was the most influential thing in my, in my life. I grew up watching um, I Love Lucy because that's all we could watch. We had three channels or four channels at my grandma's house over the summers, and we just watched TV, and I Love Lucy was the best channel. Wow. And where did you grow up? Miami, 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 Florida. Okay. I would just sit there, watch TV, and I remember laughing and just enjoying stories that, that these guys were telling. And then it went from TV to movies, and I think the first, the first movie that really, really caught me by surprise was uh, Apollo 13, as crazy as that is. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how old I was, but I remember watching it and seeing... Tom Hanks on Apollo 13 and being like, oh, this guy's an astronaut. Like, I want to be an astronaut. How do I become an astronaut? And then I, and then I saw him in another movie and I thought, wait a minute, he was, he was, he was an astronaut and now he's, but how, wait a minute. And then I figured out the idea that as an actor, you could, you could be more than one thing. You didn't have to just be an astronaut, a firefighter, a mm. cop. You could be whatever you wanted. And I was like, well, well, shit, that's, that's, that's perfect. That's what I want to do. So then it became the idea of when I was, I think I was like 15 was the first thought of maybe I'd like to do some actual acting. I always liked getting up on stage. Like we'd living in Miami, our, our summer trips were either go to grandma's house or go up to Orlando and spend as much time as you can in Disney or Universal Studios. Um, and they used to have this, uh, this Ghostbusters themed event i love ghostbusters oh my god that was that was just oh you know they're making a, a third one and it's all women all women yeah. no I, they, they kicked out the cast the other day uh jennifer mccarthy mccartney uh mccarthy jennifer mccarthy uh kristen wig it's gonna be hilarious it's awesome. gonna, it's gonna be hilarious awesome. but i remember they always used to ask for volunteers and be like well who wants to come up every single time i would i mean i must have been like nine or 10 and I used to raise my hand I always wanted to get up there whether it was sit on the on the stool and hold the slime or I just there was this thing about being in front of people and just performing having fun making people laugh and that's that's the earliest that I can remember that I wanted to be in front of people that mm. I wanted to perform that I that I wanted to make people happy actually strike that I'll go back even farther I come from a from a divorced family my parents split when I was like eight but I, I always remember on both sides, whether it was when I was spending time with my mom or with my dad, I was, I was the youngest of three and I was always the one trying to make everybody happy. That's always been my, my call to action, I guess, has always been find a way to make sure everybody's okay, mm -hmm. make sure everybody's happy. I don't know how all this is going to tie together, but I ended up figuring out that I, that I wanted to act professionally when I was in, in high school. I was, uh, I was 17 years old. And I was in an acting class 
And because my brother had told me to get into it, my oldest brother, and he was like, you got to take this class. Just try it out. You're going to love it. It's going to be, it's going to be a trip. Got into acting class. It was fine. You know, the usual high school acting class, nothing special, intro to acting. There was one assignment that the, that the teacher told us to do. And he was like, you know, you're going to do a pantomime. You guys got five minutes up on stage. Keep our attention for the five minutes. That's Ooh. all you need to do. Okay. Five minutes. And I'm thinking, all right, let me look at my watch. And a minute goes by and you're like, damn, that's a long time. I got to have everybody focused on me for a long time. That time's five. That's, that's something else. He was like, there's no limits. Do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But you guys need to bring in something that keeps our attention. So I went home and I started racking my brain, racking my brain, racking my brain. And the words, make it original, just kept on coming up. Make it original. Make it different. Make it original. And I'm a lot about my gut. To me, it's if my gut says go for it, even if it doesn't seem right, do it. It'll turn out right in the end. I came into class when it was my turn to, to perform, um, came out on stage, and I pantomimed basically a suicide. I sat there, and I acted like if I had snuck into the bathroom, and in my mind, I had created this whole story that I snuck into the bathroom during a birthday party, and I just couldn't take it anymore, and I, and I reached down, and I pulled out a gun that was sitting in a box by the side of the toilet, and I got ready to end my life, you know? Took the moments of just what it would feel like. I really went through it. And then as I was getting ready to pull the trigger gun in my mouth, pantomiming this entire thing on stage, there was a reaction, like there was a knock on the door, like someone had to come in. I put the gun away and stood up, like brushed myself off and walked off stage. And then I waited off stage <laughs> and I'm standing off on the side and I'm like, I guess I should come out. And I walked back out wondering like, was that okay? And half the class, I had one girl whose eyes were watering. I had another guy who was just sitting there, jaw wide open. The teacher just looked at me, and then he just started clapping. And I was like, okay. And then the class started to clap. And after that, it, it, it opened up a conversation. We all started talking. One girl was like, you know, my, my sister, she tried to commit suicide. And this other guy was like, man, I, you know, I, I, I've thought about it myself, and it's scary, and this, and that. And out of sitting up on stage for five minutes and not saying a word... I was able to open up a topic of conversation that people hmm. were scared of talking about that no one would even mention. And I don't know why, but that just, that said, this is what you need to do. This is your opportunity. You can, if you can move people to talk about things that they don't want to talk about by just being honest about something like this, what else can you do? That was, that was the bug. That, that was it. And that's, that still is the bug. I mean, that's still what drives me now is how can I open up a conversation about things that people are scared of? I had an acting coach um, <clears throat> when I first got to LA who told me, her name is Christine Brent, and she's not teaching anymore, but she was really wonderful. And I remember the first class I took with her, she sat the whole class down and she said, I want all of you to think long and hard about why you have chosen this art form because it is the most, bar none, the most intimate way to connect with a stranger. Yeah. So why are you doing this? And I still come up with answers to that question. It's the most fascinating thing in the world for me to ponder. And just to hear that you were able to, without any words, tell this story that is so universal Thanks. and that is original for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. you know, it's one of the, it's not, it's not the story I'll go around telling everybody, but it, well, now I did, but it's not the story that you go around. Why did you start acting or what was it that brought you to acting? And that's, that's a much more personal in-depth story. I mean, the, yeah. the other option is you can use the cliche, oh, I just love performing. Great. Mm. That's, that's fine. But that's so, that's so me. That's all me. Look at me. Look at me. Look, I'm not, I'm not into that. Yeah. It's bigger than that. Yeah. yeah way bigger than that. And yeah. the amount of people that you can touch 
with what you say in front of a camera, in, fr- in front of a mic, if people listen to it and they know you're being genuine and they know you're being honest, you have power. Think about how much power just media in general has. You have a lot. You have to be ready for what what your actions, what you do, how that affects the world. It, yeah, it's a lot. You know, what, what's the saying? With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of applies here, I got to say. You know, yeah. like we, we've talked about this in the show before, but the idea of... Um, I guess the best way to put it would be like reckless storytelling, like people that are in these positions and they contribute to a culture that's just kind of crappy. And I'm thinking of like specifically like crappy reality TV, you know, stuff like that. But it's like, I do believe that, you know, if you're, if you're going to have a, have a voice like this and when we choose this, we've got a little bit of a responsibility to create the world the way we want it to be. Well, there's that argument that, well, that's what, you know, the big, the big head honchos, I guess, will tell you, well, that's that's what the public is asking for. That's what they want. That's what they're watching. And I'm like, no, it's it's what you're feeding them. If you sit a little kid down and all you feed him is, uh, I don't know, candy, that's all he's going to want to eat. Yeah. But the second you say there's no more candy, what you have is nutritional food. After a while, he's going to be like, you know what? Actually, I kind of do like the carrots, or maybe I do like, you know, a good a good steak, or I do like, you know. Yeah. You, you you have to change the diet you're supplying versus just saying, well, this is what they want, so let's just give it to them. You know, yeah. and if, if we start putting out content that matters, that means something, we can change the flavor that people are going after. You know, I started trying to get on this diet, try to get on the uh, the um, the blood type diet. Yeah. And I, I looked it up and I got my blood type and it says, well, you should be a vegetarian. And I'm like, oh my God, but I love steak and I love meat and I love all that stuff. And for a minute there, I was... I was working on another role and I was cutting weight. I was messing around. I said, well, let me cut out all the red meat. Let me cut out any carbs. Let me just stick to as many vegetables as possible and some clean fish. Oh my God, it just felt so good. And I started saying, well, I had to force myself to go this way. But at this point, I might have red meat every two weeks. I'm trying to stay away from it as much as possible because yeah. the one time I had it, I got a migraine. So I'm like, all right, this is this is the transition phase that I had to go through. Or this this is the way that I had to force myself to try something different. But now... I know this is what's good for me. I feel better taking this in. We got up on a little bit of a tangent yeah, there, yeah, but yeah, that, that, that. that stuff is so fascinating to me. Um, <clears throat> so after high school, you went to a school. You went to my University of Miami. Is that yeah, right? I went to I went to the University of Miami. I did my first semester worth of college un, undeclared, just figuring it out. Or university, actually, just taking everything. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to act, but I didn't know how to make it into a career. I didn't know how to make it into a job. I'm Cuban. That's my background. And in a Cuban household in Miami, the way you live life is normally you go to school, you get a degree, you get a job, you get a wife, you have kids, and the cycle repeats itself. That's the job. Your, your, your purpose in life is to make your children's lives better than yours. I strive to do that the day that I have kids, but I want to do it in a different way. But there was a big, big pressure. It was go to school and get your degree. After you get your degree, do whatever you want. That's fine. But up until then, you need to have something stable. And it's more of the concern that I know my dad and my mom were like, we want to make sure that you have something stable because the day that we're not here, we can't help you. You know, Up until then, we're all yours. But you know, there comes a point where we can't help you anymore. I went to school and I started taking classes and I didn't know what to do. And I really sat down with my dad and my mom after my first semester and I talked to both of them. And I was like, I want to act. I, I, everything in me is saying I need to act. Like this is what I need to do. I need help. I need help figuring out what to do. And my mom was like, start taking acting classes. Take whatever you can in school. I mean, it's paid for. Go to university, figure it out, see what you can learn there, see if it's really something you want to do. And my dad was like, in the meantime, while you're at school, look at nursing. My dad's a registered nurse. And he was like, look at nursing. 
And I'm like, Dad, I, I don't, I don't want to be a nurse, man. I, I, I get it. That's your thing. That's not mine. He goes, No, but if you become a nurse, you can become a traveling nurse. In other words, you sign up with a company. They set you up wherever you want to go, be it L.A. And they'll set you up with a with an apartment. They'll set you up with a job, and you'll be set. And you can pursue the acting. And I was like, Well, that. Wow, pops has got some good advice. Dad, that was that was a good curve, man. I, I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> I didn't see that um, coming. I, I I took both of their advices. I took a few acting classes. Um, again, intro to theater, proscenium stage, and I was okay, whatever. In order to graduate on time, because my goal was by the time I graduate, I'm gone. I'm going to leave. In order to graduate on time, I had to take a bunch of classes over the summer and catch up with everything that I had missed. Basically, an entire semester worth of of university classes leading into prerequisites for nursing. I had to take all of them over a summer while taking the acting classes. I started my nursing classes my second semester of college. And then at the same time, I started taking a few acting classes here and there uh, within the university. That first one was that theater class, which it, it, it's just basic stuff that you already know. But then I, I started asking around, well, who knows? Who's the best teacher? Who should I talk to? Who should I jump in with? And everybody kept on telling me this lady's name, Patricia Dolan, Patricia Dolan. She's one of the teachers at the university. But you can't get into her class because the way it works is all the, the athletes get first dibs and everybody gets into her class. And I was like, man. Hmm. So by the time it was open registration for my level, a, a freshman basically going into my, my second semester, her class was booked. So I hunted her down. I found out where she was going to be at when her class was over. And I got all the paperwork and I got everything from my advisor. And I walked into her class just as it was finishing. And I just stood off to the side and waited for her to just acknowledge me. And everybody's getting their stuff together. Everybody's leaving. And she looks over. And I just kind of waved at her and walked over. And I said, Patricia, you don't know me. But I need to be in your class. And I, I promise you, you will not regret it. Please just sign me into your class. I need to be in it. She turned to the class and she's like, everybody pay attention. Just give me one minute. And everybody just stopped. She goes, this kid, he's an actor. He's an actor. And I was like, sure. <laughs> All right. I just want to be in your class. But but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like I, I need to be in it. She signed it off. She goes, you'll start next semester with me. And I said, okay, cool. And that was that, was that next step. I mean, I think life takes you on, on a journey and it's a step-by-step process. Being in her class, I got to explore different aspects of acting, things that I didn't know. To me, acting was embody this idea, this role, this person, and bring it to life. But how you do that, I, I didn't know. I was just doing it as, as time was going on. And in her class, she started giving me tangible ways of recreating that over and over. To the point that one day, we were just passing each other in the hallway, and she's, she comes up to me and she's like, if I put a play together, would you be in it? And I was like, yeah, like, why not? And she goes, okay. Didn't hear anything from her for like another month. And I'm like, all right. Cause we weren't in class together at that point, ran into her again. And she goes, here, read this just out of nowhere. Just ran into me here, read this. She handed me a play. And I said, okay. And I started reading it to myself. She goes, no, 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 read it out loud. Read it out loud. Just give it to me. Just go. Basically, I was having an audition. I had never been on an audition at that point, but I was having an audition right there. Like right there in the hallway. In the hallway. And I <laughs> nice. just started reading it out and and playing with it, just having fun. And about halfway through this guy's monologue, she grabs the book. She goes, all right, great, bye. She just walks off. It's like a some awkward situation. I'm like, <laughs> all right. So I just keep on going about my day. 
And then I ran into her again about another month later. She goes, I'm putting together a play. I want you to be in it. You need to audition for me. And I'm like, well, when am I supposed to audition? She goes, today. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, the conservatory at the school needs every actor that we use in anything to be there. It's just, it's just red tape. You need to show up today at this time and audition. I'm like, I don't have anything to audition with. Like, I don't. She goes, you remember that monologue you did two years ago in my class? And I'm like, no, I don't. I really don't remember it. She goes, don't worry, but just come in, do whatever you want. So I ran. I had about three hours to figure it out. I found the, the monologue, went over it a few times, walked in. And I went up after one of the guys that she had. She had basically cast it prior to even putting it together she knew who she wanted in it and we went through our monologues and I remember the difference between the conservatory students who were coming in doing uh, a song and two monologues a song and two monologues I was like I'm not singing I'm, I'm not a singer bro I'm not so everybody that was picked by her went up there and did these real gritty monologues granted what we were going to be putting up was was a comedy but we just brought these gritty monologues because that's what we had been working on with her so we put together a play we got to do some writing actually i got to i got to write one of the the monologues for my character and that she gave us that freedom once she saw that we had embodied it she said write a portion of it we're going to create our own thing and wow she what gave an us opportunity, that freedom man. i was thinking she gave you like an ibsen play or something like no, that no and was... she was totally from the ground up making this thing with you guys well she grabbed two different plays and she started pulling them together it ended up being called latin's anonymous um, that it was Latinos because I'm um, being Cuban. She grabbed a bunch of us, Puerto Rican, Colombian, and grabbed us all being different. I ended up playing a Mexican guy who wished he was Antonio Banderas. So this guy who's like a gangster and he's sitting down and he's got his bandana on and he's, he's all thugged out halfway through the play has this, this release of energy that he, he basically has this ex- existential moment and becomes Antonio Banderas and you get to see into his psyche the lights change he walks up starts changing and I had long hair at the time and now I'm going in from being this gangster to being Antonio Banderas and I'm, I'm up there on stage playing two different characters at the same time almost having an argument with each other and it was it was her giving us the freedom to to tell our own stories wow to, what to a just, gift yeah and then I had to put away acting for about three years to, to be a nurse yeah Hey guys, welcome back. This is something we talk about, uh, Leo and I, we talk about this in the third and final segment of his interview that's coming in a couple weeks, but I wanted to mention it here for for time's sake. Yet another event to kind of drop on your calendar. Leo's film, it's called The Shift. It's going to be screening on the 19th in Hollywood. We'll have details for that on our website and our newsletter. And there's also a really good chance that I'll be the guy moderating a Q&A with the cast and creative team behind the film after the screening. So it'll be pretty cool. It's going to be, like I said, Thursday the 19th. Come on down. Uh, I'll definitely be posting on Twitter or Facebook or whatever about if that works out and I I do end up being a moderator. But it'd be really cool to have people there. And of course, what better opportunity to go meet people, see some amazing work and just build those relationships, build those relationships. That's what this episode seems to be kind of all about uh, between the Native Foods meetup and the tweet up and the screening here and all that stuff. All right, I'm going to save the usual thank yous and shout outs and picks of the week and all that stuff for the next episode when AJ rejoins us. So we're just about done here. 
Today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and co-hosted by me, Trevor Algott. AJ Meyer is my co-host. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadali Gubarek is our marketing and web director. Jasmine Bristow is our new director of public relations. And Deborah Smith is our community manager. Trevor Algott, that's me, composed our theme music and the music that brought us into and out of the interview, as well as editing and mixing today's episode. You can sign up for our free weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or pretty much wherever you download your podcasts. And today's episode was also made possible by listeners like you. Yes, you listening right now. Not somebody else, but you listening right now in your car or at the gym or doing dishes or whatever you're doing. If you love Inside Acting and you want to help keep the show going, sign up as a monthly patron and get cool perks. You can get access to an exclusive online patron-only mastermind group. I know we keep talking about that, but it really is coming. I've seen the screenshots. We've priced the software. We've outlined everything that's going to be involved. And for five bucks a month, it is a steal, people. There's so much cool shit planned. So I really hope you'll you'll sign up as a patron and take advantage of it. Uh, you'll also get a shout-out uh, on the show, on the show's website, in the newsletter. You'll get freebies and discounts on merchandise and other upcoming podcast offerings like T-shirts and stickers really cool t-shirts and stickers uh, i was hoping to be able to wear one to the to the meetup at, at native foods but it's not going to be quite ready by then but it's coming and there's going to be all sorts of cool little courses and, and things that we're going to be putting together with other people i mean there's some cool shit so sign up as a patron visit insideactingpodcast.com and click on the patron tab you will not regret it all right that's it for episode 179 of inside acting thanks for listening i'm trevor algott and we'll see you next week